0: When there's a decision to be made, the time to make that decision isn't always right now. And when we approach a decision as in like we're aware a decision needs to be made, like, for example, letting someone go on the team we're aware like something's not working, but we're not ready to pull the trigger. It doesn't feel fast to say, okay, we're going to let them go. When that happens, I think that's your voice telling you too. It may not be the right timing to make a decision, but can you release the stress of having to make the decision and the mental capacity it takes to say today, I don't need to make a decision, but I'm willing to relook at this in two weeks.
1: Welcome to Amplify. We are here to help you own your truth, use your voice, and stand out as the most unapologetically aligned, abundant, and authentic version of you so that you can make a big impact in the world doing what sets your soul on fire. Because you and I, we are meant to stand the F out. I'm your host, Lauren Salon, and I'm a public relations and marketing expert, entrepreneur, speaker, So what do you say? Are you ready? Let's get Amplified because blending in is bullshit. What's up everybody and welcome back to another episode of Amplify. Today I chat with my friend, Amber De La Garza. Amber is the productivity specialist. She is a coach, trainer, speaker, and writer, and host of the Productivity Straight Talk podcast, as well as the creator of Leverage Lab. She helps small business owners improve their time management and elevate their productivity to maximize profits, reduce stress, and make time for what matters most. In today's episode, we talk about all things productivity, how to maximize your time, how to get more done with less effort, how to switch things up if you feel like your your normal routine and structures and time management, all that kind of stuff aren't working for you anymore, the, the shifts that she's seen over the past year and a half, and just so much more to help you become even more productive. Enjoy the episode. All right. What's up, everybody? I am here with Amber. We are going to talk all the things entrepreneurship, productivity, focus, just everything. And so excited to dive into this conversation with you, Amber. Thank you for joining me on the show.
0: Yes. So we're going to be talking all my favorite things. It sounds like your favorite things too, or some of your favorite things. I can't wait to dive in for sure. So as
1: you know, we get started with rapid fire. So we're just going to jump right into it. What is something that you're grateful for right now?
0: My health. Mm, yes. Yep, my health, my family, um, top of mind is just just so much gratitude actually right now in my life. Yeah.
1: Good. What is a guilty pleasure of yours, whether or not you feel guilty about it?
0: Um, chips. Like mm. you would think that if the way to make it, if there was like the ending of the world would be chips in my extra pantry, <laughs> guilty pleasure. Yes. Yes. Salt. Any like yeah. a particular kind? Um, I like ruffles and salt and vinegar.
1: Okay. Yeah. It's so a quality, quality option.
0: Um, what, <laughs> what
1: is a random fact that not many people would know about you?
0: Um, I, I, one of the most random facts, I guess would be, I was my school mascot in high school. And what was that? Um, a wildcat. Okay, that's fun though. <laughs> I don't really talk about it often. You totally got one of those things that are not shared out in the world. All so right, <laughs>
1: all right. If you weren't doing what you do now, and obviously you have designed this business around, you know what lights you up and what you're amazing at, and so like yeah. you know pretty much everyone we have in the show, obviously like is is doing their their dream. But if you couldn't do this, like what kind of job or career? Have you always thought would be like really interesting or what would
0: you do instead? I wish I could answer that because I am so into my business. I have thought about what will be the next phase of my life. Like, and I just can't come up with anything, but I will share that had I not pursued my dream, I probably would have been stuck in the real estate industry because that's where my whole background was from. Um, starting internship as far back as high school, going to college for it. And so had I not made the big life-changing decision to start my business, I'd probably be somewhere in the real estate industry.
1: Okay. All right. Any weird talents or special skills separate from being a high school mascot?
0: Right. Um, and I wasn't that good at it. We don't throw that under skills. So um, I would say that one of my, um, special skills actually shows up that I can take other people's chaos and mess. And literally my brain thinks of it as like processes and spreadsheets. Like I, Mm. it's like dumping like chaos in and then outcomes. Like I can really see the pathway to organizing that really well. And I realized that's not easy or not many people can do it. Right. right. And, and obviously very much
1: in line with what you do.
0: Exactly. So So it's all about leveraging that unique (laughs) weird thing that you can do. Absolutely. I've done that. Um,
1: what did you want to be when you were little?
0: A marine biologist. I wanted to be around
1: like dolphins and like marine life. I had a phase of like, yeah, wanting to either like be a yeah. Dolphin trainer, tiger trainer, like something like that. Like, right, for right. sure. Yes. <laughs> when is the last time that you cried?
0: Uh, probably sometime last week. <laughs> yes. Or <laughs> not, not too long. Our family's going through some hardship right now. Yeah. So, um, everything is fine, but you know what? Life is real. Yeah. Yeah. A
1: hundred percent. I have multiple cries a week
0: over yep. here. The last time that you laughed so hard, you almost peed your pants. Oh my goodness. I would have to say it was also last week. We have a new puppy and this puppy is hilarious. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Isn't it so fun. What kind, yeah. what kind again? Um, a German shepherd. So we have two German oh. shepherds, but our newest one is the puppy five and a half months, and she is just a love bug and just the funniest things. Like, she's, Oh my gosh. So fun. She is that person that you look at and you're like, you are so full of personality. I just want to be around you like in high school or like friends, right? She's that dog. She's so oh my full gosh. of personality. That's like my dog. <laughs> She's ridiculous. I'm like, you're just such a character. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> what is your favorite meal? My favorite meal is um Mexican so I can have guacamole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes.
1: And what
0: is your the next place
1: you want to travel to?
0: I want to go back to Puerto Rico. I went there with mm. some girlfriends last year, and we're already planning another trip. I love it. I love it. Um, all right, that's that's the end of rapid fire. Now we're gonna get in get into like
1: the juicy like meat of all the things. Yeah. I would I would love for you to share a bit of your story. Obviously, you mentioned you know starting in real estate and everything, and now you have a very successful productivity business, coaching business, and all of that. So. So yeah, we bring us through kind of the, the, qu- yeah. the quick and dirty. Exactly. I'll got give here. you the
0: cliff notes version. Um, so Justin's since I already said, um, I actually wanted to grow up and be a real estate agent after the marine biology. And then I got into high school. I thought, of course, real estate, they drive fancy cars, look at nice you know, houses. Like, you know, that's all you think real estate is back then, or I did. Um, but I actually interned for two years, one day a week and went to school four days a week. So I was really... Um, invested in a real estate career I ended up getting a full ride scholarship to college for real estate and I double majored in business mm. management and so by the time I graduated I worked in the industry for um all through college and by the time I graduated I, I was licensed I was selling I had already been running teams in the back end and so we're about six eight years into this and I was like looked around and I was like I actually hate real estate like yeah. I hate selling. <laughs> I You're didn't like, hate real estate, great but I hate selling. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. I really didn't like it. Um, I wish I knew what I knew now then, but um, in that experience, I didn't like it. So I actually asked to meet with the owner of the real estate company, um, largest real estate company in Las Vegas at the time. Okay. And like any young 20 year old, I said, so I actually hate selling, love real estate. I have all this experience, <laughs> like start me anywhere. I'll work my way up. And he did. He said, okay. And he started me second over receptionist. I was, I have college degree, all this experience. I was breaking the receptionist for lunch. But within six months, I was um, running the training division. And within a year, I was coaching top sales executives right. um, how to build their teams, which is exactly what I wanted the back end, the operations, and the system. Yeah. And I share that because that experience is what seeded almost 10 years later meets jumping off and starting my own company. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And how cool to be able to, well, one for you, like being like, no, I'm not happy with this. And so you speaking up and saying you wanted something different asking, right. And, and then your boss back then being like, oh yeah, let's, let's find something that works better. Or what about this? What about this? And then feeling like, like it was such a better fit. That's
0: yeah. 100%. And so much then being so young and not like, um, normalizing being unhappy or realizing I hit the, a dead end on a road that I had been on for so long. Like, what do you do? You got to pivot. And so I did not knowing where it was going to lead me. Um, and then I worked with the company for about 10 more years, just in different, um, different positions and management. Uh, but essentially I got pregnant. I had my son. I took all my maternity leave and vacation leave. And about two weeks before I was supposed to go back, I realized there's no way they're getting me back. Like I can't go back. I don't want to go back. And so I went in and resigned. And at that time, my boss said, you know, good for you for choosing family over business. Would you like to stay on as a consultant? And I was like, oh, that was like totally out of left field. I wasn't planning for that. (laughs) No, I had totally (laughs) reconciled with like leaving my career temporarily. Um, because at the time I said, you know what? I, I just want to raise my son for the first two years. And I'll reconvene on that, you know, go back into working after that. And that was a big decision for me because I love to work. I love, you know, just Mm. being like busy with things that light me up. Well, in any case, uh, they said night times, weekends, super flexible. It was the best decision. I ended up remoting in for almost two years, doing only the things I loved and none of the corporate BS. And Amazing. by the time my son was two months after I got a taste of this and what possible, I was already incorporated and had my domain for my business. Hell yeah. Not on it till a second birthday because I decided I didn't want two babies at once. I made the strategic okay. decision. I had already made one goal and dividing my time and energy wasn't the best choice. So on my son's second birthday, I launched my business. And obviously over the last 10 years, it is, you know, transformed and grown and, you know, as, as all businesses do shift. Uh, But what I'm doing today is I specialize in productivity for small business owners and I teach them the skill sets, mindset and strategy to um, have more time, reduce stress and really enjoy what they do show up their best. Mm, Yes. I love that. What do you, so when you're talking to
1: clients and obviously like, I feel like productivity is one of those things that people, that's pretty easy for people to realize, Oh, I'm having issues with productivity, but what, like, what do people come to you with? Like, what is the main complaint that you hear from people who absolutely need your services?
0: Yeah. So what's interesting is uh, it's not what you would expect, right? So when you when you have to know your person that you work that you want to work with, um, my ideal clients are coming to me at a point where they're like, "If I don't figure this out, I'm gonna get divorced. Like if I don't figure out time management or balance between my personal life and business and not let my business consume me, I'm gonna miss my kids growing up." Like you would think it's like, oh, fix this strategy to make more money, which is definitely a component,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: it really gets to a point where you're like, I feel so stuck. I can't see my, say, my way out of solving for this issue. I just know that it feels like my business is so heavy. I love to be a business owner. You're probably incredibly um, successful, but there's a cost that you're no will- not willing to pay anymore. Um, And so really it's saying, okay, so how can you do what you're doing differently to get a different result and love your life and business? Okay. Yeah. So
1: it's almost like they've gone past the point then that of like, oh, things are just a little stressful, a little, I got a little too much on my plate. It's like, no, I've been a workaholic. And spreading mm-hmm. myself th- too thin for so long. And now it's like massively affecting my life. And like, I'm at the point of no return sort of thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So essentially there's two things that I'm always working on with clients. And there it's like, a, um, you're, we're always working on them both, but one usually leads. And so it's about reducing stress. And then also increasing profits because we can reduce stress. But if we're still not focusing on the things that actually grow our business, we feel like we're spinning. Um, We're really not making any progress in our goals and our business. Mm. So it's really lots of business strategy, but I really teach and. A-N-D. And so how can you hit that revenue goal and not be stressed and make it to T-ball and um, have a amazing marriage and be healthy? So often we normalize that we're going to go do this thing and hit this big goal at any cost or expense because we're just driven. That's, that's one way of doing it. Mm -hmm. But some, somewhere down the pathway, we're like, that doesn't feel good. Like I didn't Mm -hmm. intentionally say, I'm going to let my health go, my marriage go, my kids go at the expense of hitting this revenue. So it becomes this dance of you know, coaching and training to say, okay, so what's the strategy to have both? Because there is a strategy to have both and let's do that.
1: Yeah. Amazing. So what are there like core kind of underlying issues that you like see patterns with, with your clients? Like, oh, typically it's like this root cause is kind of what's driving that. Like, yeah.
0: So I think that there's two big things that I would, um, like to share that I don't think most people think of with productivity, but one is stepping into being the CEO or the leadership role. Like having a team, having standards, and that can entail, you know, effectively delegating, leading your team, great communication, having good boundaries. Like there's a lot of elements to that. But when you have a team that can work with you, it changes everything. And we, I don't believe personally that we were meant to go achieve these amazing, great things by ourselves. And so if that's true, we need help. And what does that team look like? Um, and so that's a lot of the work that we do as well, because that's navigating that's growth. It's personal growth, um, professional growth. You're, you're learning a different way of interacting with people from a true leadership. And I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of small business owners woke up one day cause they were incredibly talented at something. And they're like, and now I'm the boss. Like, and now I have to lead these, these people. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do I do? And, and so you listen to books and podcasts and you're like, yeah, team is the way to go. And then you step into a team without also stepping into it with new skill sets.
1: Yes. Yeah. And because, and, and also speaking from experience too, like from being that like overachieving workaholic perfectionist type. And, and then too, when you start your own business, so much of the time we're solo entrepreneurs, right? So you Mm -hmm. are doing all the things and it's up to you. And like, and I know for me and for many people listening, it's you, you bring that, or I brought that workaholic tendency into my own business. And then was like, grind, 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 go, go, go for so long that it was hard to delegate, hard to keep myself in that visionary position without then going like getting into the weeds too. And, and so, yeah, the team and kind of leader, um, position, that's a, that's a whole nother level for sure. Yeah.
0: I mean, you shared that evolution perfectly is that when we first start out, unless we're a startup with all this funding, we're doing it by ourselves, right? Like that mm-hmm. is we're a solopreneur, which leads me to the second big thing that I work with for it with my clients that you wouldn't necessarily think is a productivity, but is decision-making. So what you just shared with you're a solopreneur, you're grinding it out. There wasn't money at first to like outsource everything and everything's new and you're testing things. And so Do you hire it out if there's no process? You're kind of just trying new things, but at some point things are working. And at some point you start getting traction. There's big decisions that need to be made there. And what Mm -hmm. I find is that, you know, if you're looking through the lens of the unknown or fear, or maybe you don't really have a lot of business experience, you don't know when that right timing is. So you miss it. And so then you become really, really stressed and overworked. And maybe the client experience is affected. Um, so essentially, what I'm saying is that's one major time there's a decision to be made. But as small business owners, there's actually a lot of decisions to be made. And so if we can learn the skill set of being strategic, and like you said, lifting out of the doing and being the like visionary and and um, strategic thinker, it's a skill set to make decisions.
1: Yeah, it's a skill set to
0: make them, and also not let it stress you out and know when is the right time to make decisions, and. When else I'll ask you, I'll ask you in your experience, how unproductive and stuck do we feel when they, we know there's a decision to be made and we're not making it. Oh,
1: so like if it stops, like everything
0: dead tracks because everything's connected, right? So we know there's this decision needs to be made. We're not making it or we're avoiding it, or we're just looking the other way. But that decision is stopping us from moving over here in a marking idea. It's stopping us from making this higher over here. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes very stagnant. Um, And so one of the best things we can do is become good decision makers, confident decision makers in our business,
1: and it Mm. will create
0: a lot of flow and it will unstick us when we feel really, really stuck in those decisions. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, okay. So what, what tips do you have based on saying that, like becoming a really good decision maker? uh, Like, I want to hear like, what is your guidance for entrepreneurs who feel like they have one decision fatigue, or they don't make decisions quickly. I used to be, I used to not trust my gut and my intuition at all. And it took a lot of work to really get confident with that and trusting myself. And I would say really like over the past year and a half, that's really, been anchored in and to where now I can like, you know, sit with something or be like, oh, is this your yes or no? And I can feel it in my body pretty instantly. And usually like, and if it's something that takes me a little while to think on, like once my mind is made up, it's very easy for me to like move forward and take action. But it used to take me like, not just like, oh, the nudge, the whisper, that sort of thing, but like the like slap in the face to, right. you know, yeah, and, yeah. and so, so yeah. So how do you encourage people to become Uh, better decision makers, faster decision makers, more competent decision makers, trusting yourself with your decisions. Because yeah, entrepreneurs, like everyone listening in, like there can be that one thing that you have to decide on and that then impacts everything else afterwards. And then, so if you're stuck on that one thing, you're going to slow everything down. So yeah, Yeah, what is your advice?
0: I love it. Okay. So I have, I have several, but what's coming up for me based on what you're saying is, You know, one of the things that I also struggled with was like thinking, maybe I'm not a good decision maker or, you know, why do I feel stuck when there needs to be a decision? And yet other times I move through decisions quick. And so I started unpacking that. Why am I able to make quick decisions in some things? And then when do I get stuck And what's going on when I get stuck? Mm -hmm. And I just want to share a couple of things. When there's a decision to be made, the time to make that decision isn't always right now. And when we approach a decision as in like we're aware a decision needs to be made, like for example, letting someone go on the team we're aware, like something's not working, but we're not ready to pull the trigger. It doesn't feel fast to say, okay, we're going to let them go. When that happens, I think that's your voice telling you too. It may not be the right timing to make a decision, but can you release the stress of having to make the decision and the mental capacity it takes to say today, I don't need to make a decision, but I'm willing to relook at this in two weeks. I'm willing to relook at this in a month and literally put a pin in it so that you get the gift of it, not running circles in your head over and over. Over, I have to let go of this employee. Now that piggybacks to an affirmation that I have that I often share with my clients, and it's that yes. I am a good decision maker. And when I know that I'm a good decision maker and I am affirming that I'm a good decision maker, whenever there's a hesitation to move into a decision quickly, I actually know it's me telling myself it's not I the right time a good decision and trusting maker. that too. We yeah. think. We think that when we're trusting ourselves, it's like slap in the face or a little voice. And it's in the positive of like, it's giving you the answer to move through a decision. I believe it's also telling us sometimes it's telling us now is not the time to make a decision. And I have several examples of that happening in the positive. Um, I could say, I am looking to make a decision and I'm stuck and I'm stuck and I'm stuck, meaning not making a decision. And then suddenly something shifts outside of my control. And it's so clear that I didn't even have any of those options on the board. And had I forced myself into the one of the two options or three options I gave myself, that wasn't what I believe was intended. So me listening to say it's not the right timing just means that it hasn't been shown to me the path of least resistance the easy way. Yeah. Oh, I like that. So this is a little woo, but I believe this comes, this comes with like really, again, trusting your gut. So if you're seasoned, um, in business at all, look back and say, have I ever made a bad decision? The answer will be yes. Okay. Like a decision (laughs) that wasn't like the best decision, fine, but I'm still in business and I'm still probably successful and I made it through it and it did not break me down.
1: Right. It's like, did I, I, and did you die? No. Right.
0: Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and yet that's how we approach a lot of decisions in our business. Like this has to be like the right decision or I'm out of business tomorrow. And there are yeah. very, very few decisions we're going to make that we can't walk back or change. Um, and so when we release that pressure of like the decision has is like, Live or die, you know, be in business or not in business. It's generally a series of decisions that get us to the road of like, we're out of business. It's not going to be mm-hmm. one major all in decision. Um, but I don't know about you, but when I was newer in business, every decision felt like it was all in. And like, if I make the wrong one, we're out of business, which never yeah. happened. So then we yeah. have positive proof, right? That we're, we are right. good decision makers and we can yeah. make it through when we make a bad decision. Exactly. Yeah. I, I never had
1: that like, Oh, if I make the wrong decision, I'm out of business sort of thing, but I would definitely get analysis paralysis or be like, or I would get like, Oh, there's 500 tiny decisions to make Mm -hmm. each day and would feel so overwhelmed by those rather than like, Oh, I wish I just had one big decision to, make. you know, it was sometimes like the tiny ones would exhaust me. And I'd be just like, I have, I have a hundred one minute things to do, you know, and activities to take care of. So, and it's, uh, that feels like 5 million pounds, you know, or whatever it is, or it feels like it's going to take a year. Okay.
0: That's a great point. So we were talking big decisions. Uh, We are decision fatigued every day. You've got your team asking you questions, clients asking you questions. You're trying to decide what are you going to do with your time of the, you know, 50 things on your to-do list. Every time you look at it, are you making another decision of what needs to get done? Yeah. My biggest tip is to separate decision making from doing. So, as small business owners, even if we have a team, <sighs> we are doers.
1: And this is use- so good. Hold on, you guys. Yes. Separate decision making from doing. doing. Okay. It literally
0: <laughs> takes different parts of our brain. So our our strategic part, our CEO brain, right? Like part of our brain is is the thinker of strategy. So I'm going to give you an example. I teach something called a daily wrap, R-A-P, review and action plan, 15 minutes at the end of the day. And the goal is simply put, is that you're going to review your day and plan tomorrow. When we plan tomorrow with what we're going to do, what gets our time, energy and focus, um, what projects or tasks we're going to do, what meetings we're going to be in, we have a full agenda for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Then we show up the next day and we're the doer. But the doer is like the employee, except for if we, if we show up the way we may be currently showing up, we'd be the worst employee. I want you to be the best employee. So if you're the owner and you say, cause everything great happens tomorrow, right? So we're planning our day for tomorrow. We're super optimistic. But then what happens the next day is that you just, you don't need to make all those decisions. You need to preserve that for when things don't go as planned and you need to shift and pivot. Okay. So right? Like we have that happen, that element happen every day. But by the time that happens, we're so exhausted that we just throw our hands up and we're like, oh my gosh, today I went to, right? Like I I don't have the energy to recalibrate what I should be working on. So we want to separate that so that we preserve that energy for being able to be agile and move and like go with the flow. Mm. Also the next day when you're the doer, I want you to be your best employee so your best employee wouldn't wake up and be like, actually, Lauren, I don't feel like doing that today. I'm just not in the mood. And you know, I, I actually want to do this other thing over here. And I know that that's not going to be on my review or like get us closer to our goals, but like that thing really Oh my, gosh. Needs oh to my get gosh. Done, I'm feeling attacked,
1: but also like, <laughs> not really. I feel like I've been such a shitty employee to myself
0: lately. Right. Real talk. So- <laughs> there you go. Um, and so when we simplify it through the lens of Lauren, like, what would you want from your best employee? And it would be just do what you said you would do or what the ba- boss asked you to do. Do it the best that you can do it and stop negotiating with me because that's exhausting, but you're really negotiating yes. with yourself.
1: Yes. It's the, and so, and I don't know if you've finished that thought. Cause I'm like, now I'm going to ask. No, no, no. Go for it. You're I all good. Like. <laughs> One of the things, and I'm noticing this with some of my girlfriends as well, who have their own businesses is we're almost feeling burnt out or too busy, but realistically, like I'm not too busy at all. And I don't feel stressed or anything like that. But I also feel like I'm like the certain things on my list, like there's way too much of, Oh, well, those are like three small things. I'll just do them tomorrow. And I keep just doing them tomorrow for like weeks, certain times. And so that's been happening a lot over the past six months, I'd say where I'm like, Oh, like I'm, I'm very like leaky with myself and my commitments and that productivity. And sometimes I'm like, Oh, three hours and I'm spent. Like, that's all I can, I got in me today. And I'm like, really? Like you used to be able to like pull like 12 hour days, like way too often. And I don't want to go back to that, but it's almost like not finding that gear to be like super laser focused. And I don't know if you're seeing that with people lately or, or yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot to unpack there. So the last (laughs) part is, am I seeing that a lot lately? I actually seen that a lot in the last 10 years, but that is one of the hardest things that we can do as business owners is think. Like focus, and it's a skill set. And you may be able to start with like 20 minutes and then build that up to 30 minutes. Like that can be a habit goal. That if you're at three hours of work, can you do your most productive work for three and a half next week? Mm -hmm. And like that's the goal to pack the best work. Now, The, the, how I define productivity is investing your best time into your best activities. And it's a framework that can lay over any goals that we have. Our best time is our focused, undistracted time where we are showing up our best and the best activities are the ones that actually propel us towards our goals. That means not everything on our to-do list is our best activities and not all the time we work is our best time. And so if those three hours were really packed with your best activities, I would venture to say, if you did that consistently all week, you would be leaps and bounds, more, feel more productive, have more energy. And then if you felt like working extra hours on the, not, I call them high value activities, not high value activities. Sometimes when we're so clear about the work that we lights us up and is most often our most productive work it gives us that momentum to do those things that are not that big of a deal that roll over week after week after week. So we kind of have to like play a game with ourselves to get that endorphin hit, you know, that that like, I feel good, I feel good about my business. I feel good about me. Yeah. I'm showing then- you guys
1: on camera, showing the cube
0: timer. For playing the game. Yeah. Anyway, and then going. slip yeah. it in there. Like you slip vegetables in when you were a kid and then you slip in the thing that you don't really want to do. It doesn't, isn't really that yes. fun. Yes. But what happens when those three things keep rolling over is that there's a cost to that. Not just that they're not getting done What because they're not getting done. It probably isn't that pain point in the business where they'd get done. It's a right. mental circle. Yes. You're thinking yes. about it. You're yes. thinking about it. You're rewriting it. You're rescheduling it. Um, and that actually beats us down on our confidence about oh, how yep. we show up. Yes.
1: It takes up. I mean, that takes up mental energy and mental space energetically, like in your brain. And then it's also like, exactly like you said, comp- where's on your confidence? Because I'm like, see, I'm not accomplishing. See, I can't even follow through on the things that I, these little things that I say that I'm going to do. See, I can't even, I can't do this. So it's like, bring some shame to yeah. it too. And, and yeah, and how we build our confidence. Like, I mean, there are many ways, but it is following through on the thing, commitments to yourself, you know, right. and so even if it's a little tiny thing, like, you know, I, I was, I was it on my list to like, clean up and reorganize my office for like a m- couple months. You know, and then I'd be like, oh, every time I walk in here, I'm like, oh, see, I didn't do it yet again, yet again.
0: So I would give you two strategies if I was coaching you right now. One is just delete it, like literally give yourself permission. That is equally as powerful as to say, actually, it's empowering to say I'm not going to do that thing and I'm choosing not to do that thing instead of it's just reactively not happening right? Yes. yes. Um, because for whatever is happening, it's not that important. Like you're still functioning, your office isn't organized or whatever. Um, I would rather see it disappear than continually nag at you. Right. Or, what I teach is a power hour. So, I actually, in my group program, we do it as a co working session, but I've done it for years and I invited them into it. So, one hour on Friday, we actually um, do what we call a power hour, which is all those pesky little tasks that keep rolling over week after week. We yes. power through them as many as we can. And that literally lets us close all, out on Friday, start our task list fresh on the week yes. so that we can focus on high value activities and not I let them that. like wreck us.
1: I love that. Yes. I love that so much. And yeah, even those like t- tiny, tiny, tiny oh, things, I feel yeah. like it's like, oh, it just takes like, you know, five minutes here and there. And then like, yeah, gather all those five minute activities. I
0: love that. I love and that. And you have like a place and a bucket on the schedule to do it versus it take it it breaking your momentum or ability to do these 20 minutes or 45 minute focus sessions, because they're broken up with this, just this little five minute thing, or just this two minute thing. And then next thing you know, you're like, I don't have any time to actually do deep, meaningful work. Mm -hmm. And so if you have a place that you're confident, you can push it to, um, it actually frees up space during the week. Yes.
1: I love that. Um, What are some of the big trends that you saw with entrepreneurs and productivity over the past year, since everything got like wild? Yeah.
0: Such a great question. Cause that was the second part to what I was going to answer. So while I've seen focus issues for a decade, cause that's what I, I definitely um, narrow in on we need to accept that we are in a different environment. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's been more than a year. We have had to figure out how to work when people dear to us are sick, when we're in a pandemic, mm-hmm. when our kids are home, when there's a mental um, health crisis everywhere, whether it's personal or people that you care about. Um, the landscape of a lot of industries have changed um, just Mm -hmm. with uh, what's happening with um, work shortages, um, like availability of products. So like interior design or construction, like everything Mm -hmm. is requiring so much more communication and things to be done differently. And I say that because it happened slowly. Like I remember doing a free masterclass right when the pandemic started called pivot. And at that time that's what we could do is like pivot into virtual and pivot our schedules. And it just kind of happened so slowly that we looked many of us hadn't looked around to say actually so much has been flipped upside down and maybe I need to show up differently and have grace with myself. Yeah. Yes. Um and so when I say grace with ourselves is that are you still requiring or demanding what you were able to do 18 months ago or 2 years ago? Yeah. Are you still requiring and demanding what it looked like when the kids were in school full time? It's, it's, I get why we do it. Cause we still want to achieve our goals and grow our business and everything. But I think we really need to have a clear conversation with ourselves about what's possible right now in the c- circumstance we find ourselves in.
1: Yeah. I think that's so important. Grace for sure. And being super adaptable. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think the grace comes from that if you are stressed out or you're dealing with something or your health or energy is different, is that if you were able, for example, focus for many hours in the day, maybe it looks different. Maybe you take a cat nap in the middle of the day. I started taking 25-minute naps uh, during the pandemic to recharge. Uh I started it as an experiment. Um, And I just realized like my energy level wasn't the same all day into the afternoon um and so i started experimenting with different ways to work and different ways for my schedule to look so that the end goal for all of us is how do we show up our best and there's no judgment in what that looks like is it right. is it less time is it different work are we taking breaks um i encourage all of us to to experiment and find out what do we need in this season that we find ourselves in um and then maybe a year from now, you and I can have another podcast that like the world went back to normal and like what does our new schedule look yeah, like? Yeah, now what does that? it look like? And, yeah, <laughs> what does productivity look like after that? But right now, if it feels like it's not working, um, maybe you listen to this podcast episode today to hear me give you permission to find what works for you, to have grace yeah, with yourself.
1: Absolutely. What would you say are some of the top productivity mistakes that you see?
0: Um, I would say one of the biggest mistakes that I find is that, um, business owners are looking at their to-do list and saying, it's all equally important. (laughs) There is no real Uh, true priority uh, or not clearly knowing what I call your highest value activities. Like if I asked, you know, you or whomever's listening, like, what are the few activities that only you can do in the business that drive the business forward? Can you answer that? Can you answer okay. it? And then once you answered it, how often are you seeing that on your schedule and are you showing up for it? Okay. So for me, I'll give you some hard examples. So for me, um, my highest value activity is leading my team. Um, next is content creation, whether that's the podcast or workshops or master classes inside my programs. Um, and then third, also, so then three is actually coaching my private clients, like delivering the service. And Those three things are showing up on my calendar consistently. And those are my non-negotiables. And if an email doesn't get answered right away, or the, the, the calendar doesn't get color coded, like all of those things that we love to do don't get done. Those are a luxury. And guess what? None of those things matter if I don't show up in the first three um, activities, Mm, right? Like we get to stay in business if we are doing the things that actually drive our business. So for me, yes. Leading my team, it's a non-negotiable to have team meetings and one-on-one meetings. Sometimes we like to push those off as business owners, it's not that important. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where else you can invest an hour and get 15 or 30, 40 hours back from, from someone. Like when we look at time as an investment, like if they need an hour to be successful and know what to do, mm-hmm. and then they work the rest of the week, that is very leverageable time, right? Yes. Well, we we yes. sometimes don't always see it that way. Um, content creation, one is that that's how I market. That's how I'm out in the world. It's my podcast being interviewed and then also serving my clients in a way that I teach a lot. And then third is private coaching. Like that is the best use of my time. And so when I see other things taking over my time to feel like that's squeezing that out, that's not a successful business model. That's how I grow. So I'm really clear about my high value non-negotiables and I help business owners get clear about theirs. And that's where I actually find the biggest mistake is people don't know Mm -hmm. everything is kind of just as important as the next thing on the list. Gotcha.
1: Yes. I think that's really, yeah, that's an important one to pay attention to is like, yeah, what has to be done by you and what are
0: the things that really move the business forward? Right. Yeah. And when we're stressed out and overwhelmed, again, that's about to decision making. is. Mm-hmm. So of the 20, 50 things on our to-do list, can we decisively look at it and say, this is the next thing that gets my time, energy, and yeah. attention? Yeah. And, and one of the symptoms of not making that decision is when we have all these projects going at one time. And we're not getting any of them to the finish line. We're just moving a lot of them forward a little bit. And that's really stressful. And it's actually not effective. Mm-hmm. But the real thing was that we didn't make a decision of which project gets our time, energy, and tension first to get it to the finish line and then going to the next one and the next one. I actually have a podcast episode coming out about you know, you want to go to the next floor on the elevator, except for you get in the elevator, and you just push all the buttons and you don't go anywhere. It locks the doors open and close, but that's what we do in our businesses. Sometimes with the projects, none of yeah. them are getting us to the next mm-hmm. floor, and we're just, like stress out. It's, the, as-
1: it's this, yeah, the same kind of thing when, like, when I used to have, like, get really stuck in analysis paralysis or get like, have like an anxiety attack or get like really overwhelmed. It was usually because, yeah, I was, I was choosing to like stress over every single thing that I possibly could. Right. And so you're putting energy in everywhere. Instead of like, wait a second, are all of these things actually important? And do they all need my attention right now? No, but because it's like, nope, I'm just going to look at every single thing I possibly can and freak out over all of it. And yeah, it like stops you dead in your tracks. And so So yeah, just like that, like hitting all all the buttons.
0: (laughs) Exactly. You know what, Lauren, the, what you just shared is it's actually very common, right? Like that when we start feeling anxiety or overwhelmed, we blanketly say statements like my business is stressing me out or, you know, all of this things to do. And we, we, the words we use matter. And so when we generalize it, what you were sharing is a strategy that I teach too, is like, okay. Yes, it feels that way, but I bet if I really took the time, there's like a project or a client or a thing that's really stressing me out, but I'm not identifying it. So it just feels heavy everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And you were using your hands speaking of like, it's all the things and that snowballs and can be very true, but, you know, with coaching and learning to say, okay, I get where I'm at. I see where I'm feeling, but what is it that I can actually make a difference on? And what is it that's really stressing me out? Sometimes you unlock that and you're like, oh, and I love my business again. What happened (laughs) when like yesterday you felt like everything was hard? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: And that that's so important too. And I actually did a real, like an Instagram post on, about this last week, because I felt a little overwhelmed with all the construction, you know, we talked yeah. about like, all the things happening and it felt very chaotic, good, good stuff happening, but it still felt like chaos. And one of the things that I do, I do like now, and that's been really helpful is like, okay, like. What is the root, right? Like what is actually stressing me out? Because it's not everything, right? Oh, it's these three things that I feel like I'm behind on. Okay, then what can I actually take action on right now to like to cross some of those stressors off
0: the list, right? That's amazing. That I wish I had seen that real. I'll have to go find it. But yes, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. It's that took a skill set and you to learn that that is actually what pulls you out of the the overwhelm and the chaos. It's beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What, what are some like key productivity
1: tricks or hacks or whatever um, that may, like people may not necessarily think of? Cause like, yeah, there's like time blocking or set like a 30 minute time or like the Pomodoro method, method type thing, or like, you know, put your phone on, do not disturb. But like, what are some of the things that you've seen are really effective for people that we may not Necessarily think of.
0: Yeah. So, um, yes, to everything you said, except for I think we need to take it one step deeper on the time blocking and the Pomodoro, and then do not disturb. Is that when you schedule s- specific time with yourself to work on something, because we just talked about decision making being done ahead of time, it can't say marketing, it can't say podcasting. I want it to say <sighs> record episode 211 write outline okay. for this masterclass and i'm giving myself 45 minutes i want it to say touch base with these three clients and not three clients it has to say mary john and sue mm, i want you yeah. my challenge is for you to get very specific and stop generalizing because when i said separate decision making reduce decision making um fatigue is that if you get to the time block that says podcasting, you're right back at having to make a decision. Well, there's a lot of episodes Uh, and there's intros and there's asking people to be guests. So what are you actually doing? And so when you can be more specific with your time block, you're going to have to answer three questions. What am I doing? When am I doing it? And for how long am I doing it? Those three questions Mm, get answered when we schedule, just naturally, when we schedule it on our calendar with ourselves. And when we do that, there's something called Parkinson's law and Parkinson's law says that tasks expand to the amount of time given. And so if you have say 90 minutes for marketing activities, you may only get through the first two marketing activities because tasks expand to the amount of time given. Well, we can make that work for us by being specific. And you will say, I I only need 15 minutes for this and I need 10 minutes for this and 30 minutes for that. And then what I like to think of it as is you're running these little sprints. And because we're all a bit goal oriented because we have businesses, give me a good challenge and I can stay focused on the thing for 30 minutes because I told myself I need 30 minutes and I'm going to use Parkinson's law in my favor.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause I know I, I tend to work really well under pressure and (laughs) like, you know, in little procrastination type, uh, over here, which I used to think was like such a bad thing, but I'm like, no, like, it's not, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Like use that pressure and urgency to your advantage, you know, but along those lines of what you just said, it's like, if I have a month to complete something, it will take me the whole month. If I'm giving myself three days to do it, that shit gets done really fast. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) I agree with you. So I also believe that, um, procrastination on purpose when it works for us, um, is a good thing. So, and I, I think not everybody operates that way, first of all, so you need to know how you best operate. And if you operate that way, I would ask you, Lauren, is it with everything you do well under pressure or certain things you do well under pressure? Mm. So good. for me yeah good question. Writing a new speech or keynote or training should never be done more than two days before I'm doing it. I yeah. could literally soak up every extra minute um, for a month as well tweaking it, reworking it, rethinking about it and I can be so laser focused and nail a presentation or a workshop or whatever that looks like but there's other things in my business that I do not show up my best two days or a day before and using procrastination. So we really need to figure out what are those things lean into them and just know, again, I'll bring this full circle. How do you show up best and keep leaning into that?
1: Yeah. Oh, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Um, okay. So super helpful. This is like, I'm like, I'm taking all <laughs> the mental notes. This is great. <laughs> um, so I have it, cause I know we're coming up on, on time here. So a few more, few yep. more questions, but one I wanted to ask is I typically do like my morning grounding, like my me time, get into peak state, all of that, like first thing to start the day. And that's effective for me. And some days it looks different and all that, but I've seen some talk of like almost like screw that and like, just get into your product, like have like the first couple hours of your day or whatever it is, like be super focused productivity and, and that you don't necessarily need that. Like, Oh, morning grounding, like me time thing. Like, what are your, do you, does it make sense what I'm, what I'm saying? Like, what what are your feelings about that? Like making sure like you always are doing your, your you stuff, grounding, get in peak state first, or is there a benefit to just like, flying out of bed and just like going right to some of the key things in the day?
0: I will say that it doesn't need to be in the morning, but you do need to do it consistently. So for example, can you get the same results, whether you work out in the morning or at night? Yes. If you show up consistently at night most people would work out in the morning because there's less opportunity to talk yourself out of it. Things coming up through the day. Like that's yeah. where that came from of like, put yourself first because so much can happen that gets in the way of you showing up consistently. But there's some people that are night owls and they, get they like, they can go do the most amazing workout at night. That's not me, but that could be for someone else. So to answer your question, I think that in our routine, we need a place where we get grounded. We have me time that we, you know, really do the things that, um, we're investing in ourselves so that we can invest in others. Mm -hmm. Is there a difference if we do that at night, then get a good night's sleep and then go right into work, or we get a good night's sleep, invest in ourselves and then get right into our big work. You're just moving the pieces around. So what I want to say is experiment with what works what, what works is that you're showing up consistently. That's how, if you know, it's not working is like, does that feel easy now? Lauren, my morning (laughs) routine is like three and a half, four hours every day. And it's not all productive grounding, like yoga. Sometimes it's watching my garbage TV and getting caught up on it. But I have a full on morning routine before my son wakes up. I've had it since he was a baby. Um, I wake up really early. I wake up around 4am, sometimes a little bit earlier. So I just naturally a morning person, but I have so much structure in my day that I give myself grace with all the things that light me up, whether that's journaling, sitting outside, always a cup of coffee, but it's more loose. And I believe I'm just as successful than if I had a grinded out, like this is everything I needed to do in the morning. That didn't feel good for me. Okay. Yeah. So I think I just want to
1: share that. Yeah. I like that. Cause, cause I've seen like, I, yeah, some days my morning practice is like 30 minutes. Some days it's like two hours, you know, but then I was seeing, and I forget who it was, it's another big coach entrepreneur who was like, no, you shouldn't like, you know, do your morning ritual stuff first. Like jump, you know, the first like two hours of your day can be like massive productivity, blah, blah, whatever. Um, and so I was, yeah, I was curious. Well, you, I don't know who said that. So I,
0: well, that's I know, interesting, to... but I'm like a car that needs warming up and I'm not ashamed. of yes. it. And Part of my warming up is two cups of coffee at least. And so yes. I I know this sounds like I'm repeating myself, but maybe that's the title of this episode. But when we ask ourselves, how do we show up best? Someone else is going to be like, Oh my gosh, if I had two cups of coffee, I would never want to get going to work. I've been sitting around for so long. I'm not motivated to start my day. Well, that's not, that's not your, that doesn't work for you. What works for you? you, The principle is where, so that, so the actual, how it happens, I think needs to be adjusted per person. The principle is, what do you need and how can you be consistent in doing it? And I would offer up that my, my schedule changes three to three and a half hours, but it's not a half an hour one day, like you, you were mentioning it, or three hours. That feels too inconsistent for me to really mm. move into a good routine for the rest of my day. Yeah, I like that. So, yeah. um, I think if you just work on a small and you, I keep saying you, like I'm talking to you, That's okay. The no, listener, that's you if you don't listening. have any morning routine or evening routine, start small, see how that feels. And then add something else, start, wake up a little earlier, then add something else, wake up a little earlier. But if you have no morning routine, don't go from zero to like, I want a two hour routine and think that's going to stick <laughs> overnight.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's really helpful though. Yeah. And it is, I mean, the, the theme of this is yeah. Figuring out what works for you, such you're showing up as your best. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, so, cause I know we're, we're right at two minutes over. Um, so real quick, like where, where can everybody find you? Obviously you've got, you're on social media, they can work with you. You've got your podcast. So yeah, tell us where, where we can, where we can learn more about you and get Absolutely. to know you more and find you on the internet.
0: So I have a podcast called Productivity Straight Talk, where if you liked what today had to offer between our conversations, you'll get more of that. Um, we yes. actually had Lauren on recently. So you should always go over and t- at least take a uh, listen to my interview with Lauren. She was amazing. And our listeners loved that interview.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, again, that's Productivity Straight Talk. Uh, you can find me at Amber De La Garza, D-E-L-A-G-A-R-Z-A dot com. Um, and also Amber Day La Garza on all social media. I love to hang out on Instagram, but I'm also on Facebook and Insta- um, LinkedIn and all the places. Awesome. Yeah.
1: And then the question that I ask everybody who comes on the show, because obviously Amplify is about owning your truth, like using your voice, speaking up for yourself. like and and we touched on this with you talking about your la- you know, that real estate job, like being like, you know what? I don't love this, but I would love, X, Y, Z. Can I do that? So that was like a, a moment where you really advocated for yourself, spoke up, everything like that. And so, so yeah, so this show is all about helping people amplify their authenticity, their abundance, their self-expression, their like all the things. And so I would love to know from you, like, what is one key piece of advice, whether that's like an action item to do a quote, like a question to ask yourself, For people who are looking to live more boldly and more unapologetically and more in alignment.
0: Yeah. Um, So it's not a quote. I'm just going to share my experience. If you listen three plus years ago on my podcast, it was all teaching, it was all business. And I think I was hiding behind that. And when you hear people Mm. say you need to be more vulnerable and share your story and they want to hear about you. Um, that feels really scary. It seems like it's an all or nothing. And my advice is start with your tipping your toes in there. And then you're like, oh, the world didn't end. Oh, it's all good. And then a little bit more and a little bit more. And so if you were to rapidly listen to my podcast, you would see my own evolution of finding my own voice and vulnerability and showing up. And now it's totally unapologetically, it is 100%. Um, I honor that I'm in relationship with the listeners and that I want to share my own experiences through hardship and good things too. Um, and it's not just, um, it's not me thinking they're going to judge me. They can judge me and not listen next time. And that's okay. But what happened is that it brought in a lot of more people that were so much more loyal and want to work with you because they're not putting you on this, like, oh, she's got it all figured out. So when I get on a call with her, she's judging the heck out of me, which Mm -hmm. are assumptions we can make when you are not connected with your audience, when they don't feel like they know you as a person. So my, my, to sum that up my, is that it's an evolution in my experience. It's not like you flip the switch and today you're vulnerable, get into it, practice it and see that you can be more and more comfortable with it over time.
1: Absolutely. I love that. And that's,
0: you know, of course,
1: something that I tell the listeners and my audience community who I'm coaching all the time too, is like leaning into that. Yeah. It might feel scary, but like Just like you said, like it builds so much more trust and you're more free and you grow yourself too, but it, it builds such a beautiful relationship with your audience and, and more
0: loyalty and, and everything. So just to say that you walk that out when I have guests on all the time for years and to hear that I got personal messages and DMS about them enjoying your episode, Mm -hmm. I immediately knew. It was because you were vulnerable and shared yeah. your story. And that's not, that's even harder to do on someone else's platform. So yeah. that my listeners aren't used to it, except for while they can hit play and then go on to the next thing, the next thing you made a moment in their life enough for them to reach out and be like, that was such a great interview. I loved that. You know, you were able to talk about X, Y, and Z. So I just want to say, thank you for walking that out. And now we're on the other side of it. And I can tell you how those dots are connected is that I don't get DMs and messages with every guest I get by any yeah. means.
1: Oh, thank you so yeah. much. That means a lot to me. I, I really appreciate that. And yeah. And, and I would like echo that you guys, yeah. Lean into that vulnerability and authenticity, just like, I mean, you hear it from me all the time, but Amber's speaking to the impact it's had in her business and life as well. Like you know, so I I I completely agree with that. That yeah, advice. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. Um, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of that wisdom. Like, I know like this was super helpful for me too, because I've been in this just in this weird space with productivity, like feeling super focused certain days. And then like I'll have a week where I'm like, did I work this week? I know I did, but I feel like I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, Oh, that's weird. And so this was this was so helpful for me too in in like sharpening my focus as well. So thank you. And I know that the listeners are, are gonna get so much out of it. So you guys, as usual, like screenshot this episode, post it in your Instagram stories, tag us, share an insight, all of that, slide into Amber's DMs and, and let her know that you found value in this and check out her podcast and socials and everything she's got going on as well. Um, but thank you again for for joining. This was This was amazing
0: awesome thank you so much for having me i love conversations like this they light me up and it was it was great thank you
1: thank you so much for listening if you love this episode and if you know of somebody else who is bold successful and unapologetically owning their unique magic while they make a big impact in the world please send them my way and it would also mean the world to me if you help me get this message out to as many listeners as possible So if you liked what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you would please take 30 seconds to leave a five-star rating, write a quick review, and share this episode with your friends. Be sure to tag me so that I can say thank you. And until the next episode, keep showing up, keep using your voice, and keep being you because the world needs more of your magic.